Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. This Ukraine stuff is so phony. We got lots of stuff to talk about this evening. But I want to jump right into this. Because Mick Mulvaney had a press conference of sorts today. And, of course, the media and the Democrats are seizing on something he said. They're jumping. So it's all over the media. You know, every day it's something else to prove there was a quid pro quo. It's so absurd that I want to walk you through this. You want to walk through this with me? Let's walk through it, because it's blaring out of your television and radio with the phony news reports. I'm very excited about today's show. we got a lot of great stuff. And now we get these reports that say Mulvaney denies White House acted improperly. What? So that's the kind of headlines we get. Adam Schiff. Things have just gone from very bad to much worse. What are they talking about? John Carl, ABC News. You just admitted to a quid pro quo. All right. Mulvaney in a press conference today. Let's start at cut three. Go. So you're saying the president of the United States, the chief law enforcement person, cannot ask somebody to cooperate with an ongoing public investigation into wrongdoing? That's, that's, that's just bizarre to me that you would think that you can't do that. And so, so you would say that it's fine to ask about the DNC, but not about Biden. So Biden is now Biden. All right, let, let's, let, let's stop. There's an investigation going on, going back to 2016 and even before, by a U.S. attorney and by the attorney general. Looking into the early aspects of the phony Russia collusion issue and Ukraine. That's what he's talking about. Not Biden. He's talking about Ukraine and Russia. And he's saying to this reporter who's not really getting it, the president can't say to another country, we want you to cooperate with this investigation. It's done all the time. Go ahead. For the Democratic nomination, right? That's well, for 2020. That's a hypothetical because that did not happen here. No, no, but, but I would ask you... No, no. On the call, the president did ask about investigating the Bidens. Are you saying that the money that was held up, that that had nothing to do no, the, with yeah, Biden? No, the, the money held up had absolutely nothing to do with Biden. There's no question. And that was the point I made to you. And you're drawing a distinction. You're saying yeah. that it would there be three, wrong Three factors. Again, I was, I was involved with the, uh, the process by which the money was held up temporarily. Okay? Three issues for that. The corruption in the country, whether or not other countries were participating in the support of the Ukraine, and whether or not they were uh, cooperating in an ongoing investigation with our department. 
Department of Justice. That's completely legitimate. Now, why is that controversial? There is an investigation going on with the Department of Justice. We all know this. Bill Barr announced it way back when. He appointed the U.S. Attorney from Connecticut, Durham, who's doing exactly that. The President of the United States says, I want the Ukrainian government to cooperate, as he wants the Italian government, the Australian government, and other governments to cooperate. Why is this a, a scandal? Why is this a problem? It's not. They throw around this phrase, quid pro quo, they don't even know what it means. And why are the media so defensive of the Democrats and the Democrat Party? Why aren't they calling for a special counsel to investigate it, like they did with Russia and Trump? So this is what he said. I want you to listen one more time to this. Go ahead. So you're saying the President of the United States, the chief law enforcement person, cannot ask somebody to cooperate with an ongoing public investigation into wrongdoing? That's, that's, that's just bizarre to me that you would think that you can't do that. And so, so you would say that it's fine to ask about the DNC, but not about Biden. So Biden is now, Biden is running for the Democratic nomination, right? That's well, for 2020. He, that, so that, are you, that's are a, you that's a hypothetical. That Let's stop. He's talking about a May meeting of this year, in which the, the president was questioning why we should give money to a corrupt regime in Ukraine. They have a new president, but the president's concerned about giving money to a corrupt regime. He's also concerned that other countries in Europe aren't stepping in and helping. This is typical of the president. This is his pattern. And then according to Mulvaney, he also is saying, and you know, we want you to assist our investigation, the Justice Department investigation into what happened in 2016 with Ukraine. There is nothing wrong with any of this. Nothing. Biden didn't come up. Biden didn't come up in the May meeting. He already said that. Biden's name never came up. So they're not even listening. Go ahead. But I would ask you. No, no. On the call, the president did ask about investigating the Bidens. Are you saying that the money that was held up, that that had nothing to do with the Bidens? She's also conflating dates. He was talking about the May meeting that they had. She's talking about the July 25th phone call. And in neither case was money held up because of the Bidens. Go ahead. Absolutely nothing to do with Biden. There's no and question. And that was the point I made to you. And you're drawing a distinction. You're saying yeah. that it would there be three, wrong. Three factors. Again, I was... No, he's to... saying that Biden never came up in the May meeting. Period. He's not drawing a distinction. He's saying it didn't come up. Go ahead. ...with the, uh, the process by which the money was held up temporarily, okay? Three issues for that. The corruption in the country, whether or not other countries were participating in the support of the Ukraine, and whether or not they were uh, cooperating in an ongoing investigation with our Department of Justice. That's completely legitimate. It's an ongoing public investigation. We all know about it. Now, John Carl of ABC News, look how he seizes on this and how the media, the PAC media the groupthink media, the Trump-hating media, all tonight misreport intentionally. 
what just took place. You just heard it. Cut four, go. John Carl. So, so the demand for an investigation into the Democrats was part of the reason that he... It was on the he didn't polls. ask for an investigation of the Democrats. He wants to go back to 2016 and see what happened. There's not a demand for an investigation. There is an ongoing investigation. The Justice Department, the U.S. Attorney from Connecticut, going to working with a number of countries, including Ukraine. Go ahead. Funding to Ukraine. The, the look back to what happened in 2016 certainly was, was part of the thing that he was worried about in corruption with that nation. And that is absolutely appropriate. the funding. Yeah, which, which ultimately then flowed. By the way, there was a report that we were worried that the money wouldn't, if, if we didn't pay out the money, it would be illegal. Okay, it would be unlawful. Um, that is one of those things that is, has that little shred of truth in it um, that, that makes it look a lot worse than it really is. Uh, we were concerned about, in our, uh, over at OMB, about an impoundment. And I know I just put half you folks to, to bed, but there's, a, there's the Budget Control Act, uh, impound, Budget Control Impoundment Act of 1974 says that if Congress appropriate it's money, you have to spend it. Okay, at least that's how it's interpreted by some folks. And we knew that that money either had to go out the door by the end of September, or we had to have a really, really good reason not to do it. And that was the legality of the issue. But to be clear, what you just described is a quid pro quo. It is funding will not flow unless the investigation into the into the Democratic server. Now hear, hear, hear how he talks. You just described a quid pro quo, something for something. Funding will not flow unless the investigation into the Democratic server happened as well. They want to go back to 2016 and find out what happened. That's what they want to do. That's what they are doing. That's what they're doing, period. They're going to enlist these foreign countries for assistance to provide them with information, particularly a new president in Ukraine, because the corrupt prior regimes assisted the Democrats and assisted the Obama administration and assisted Hillary Clinton. That investigation is public, it's ongoing, it's being conducted by the United States Department of Justice and the United States Attorneys uh, from Connecticut. And so what he's saying is there were three conditions. Number one, we're concerned about corruption in your government. Number two, we'd like to know where these other countries are and why aren't they filling the void. And number three, we want to make sure you're assisting us with our investigation. And so the way John Carl at ABC News says that, well, that's a quid pro quo. It is funding will not flow unless the investigation into the Democratic server happened as well. See what I mean? Go ahead. Uh, happened as well. We, we do we do that all the time with foreign policy. We were holding up money at the same time for, uh, what was it, the Northern Triangle com- countries. We were holding up aid at the Northern Triangle countries so that, they, uh, so that they would change their policies on immigration. So nothing happened. Nothing wrong. Perfectly fine. The problem is the media do not want... Joe Biden investigated. The media do not want the DNC investigated. The Hillary Clinton campaign invested. They do not want it. They don't want it. The president, his people did not say, dig up dirt on Biden, which is a phrase that they've been using in the media endlessly. They didn't say go after the Democrats in 2016. They said find out what happened. 
find out what happened. And there was a story in the New York Times by Ken Vogel some time ago explaining Ukraine's involvement in the election on behalf of the Clinton campaign. And then it just went silent. And then Adam Schiff jumps. He says, oh my Lord, look what we now have here. Cut 17, go. I want to make a very brief statement uh, in light of the comments of back from Chief of Staff or Chief of Staff Mulvaney. With his acknowledgement now that military aid to a vital ally, an ally battling Russia, as we speak... That would be military aid that Obama refused to give to that vital ally, an ally battling Russia. Just to remind you folks, he wouldn't give it. Go ahead. In part out of a desire by the president to have Ukraine investigate the DNC server or Democrats or 2016. That's not what he said. He wants to know what happened in 2016 based on a New York Times report, among other things. Go ahead. Things have just gone from very, very bad to much, much worse. Um, All right, that's it. He's a propagandist. When we come back, our buddy Joel Pollack at Breitbart found a very, very interesting piece of legislation that was passed, a bill that was passed by the Democrats in September that relates to this. That relates to this. You're not going to hear this anywhere else, not on TV, not on radio, so I want you to stay with me. We'll be right back. Lovin. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. For Republicans or the president's lawyers to run for the high hills here, the high grass. Just relax. Mulvaney didn't say anything wrong. It's okay. It's okay. You can't be running from Adam Schiff. You've got to take on the bully. He didn't say anything wrong. Now, Joe Pollack over at Breitbart, he did a little digging. Writes, the Democrat-controlled U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill in September 
that imposes restrictions on transactions with Russia until it has been cleared of election interference. Stay with me. The House bill amended an earlier Senate bill, S-1790, the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2020, that required the Director of National Intelligence to investigate possible Russian interference in elections. In the House version, all United States persons are prohibited from engaging in transactions with, providing financing for, and any other way dealing in Russian sovereign debt after a certain date. And that prohibition is lifted after the DNI can certify within a certain time frame that neither the government of Russia nor any person acting as an agent of or on behalf of that government has knowingly engaged in interference in the most recent election for federal office. And after Congress has passed a joint resolution certifying the determination of the Director of National Intelligence. In other words, the Democrat-controlled House would suspend transactions, both public and private, with Russia's government until the U.S. can be satisfied that Russia had not interfered with the most recent federal election. That is exactly what Mulvaney said Trump had wanted Ukraine to show as part of its commitment to fighting corruption, namely, that it was not involved in documented efforts by the Democrat National Committee to use Ukraine to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. Mulvaney said, the look back to what happened in 2016 certainly was part of the things the president was worried about in corruption with that nation. That is absolutely appropriate. To the Democrats and the media, it was a quid pro quo and grounds for impeachment. So what Pollock is saying here, just this September, the Democrats in the House amended the National Defense Authorization Act to state that there'll be no business with the Russian government, private or government, unless the Director of National Intelligence can conduct an investigation and determine that Russia is not interfering in our election. And what Mulvaney said is one of the conditions for getting funds, and they got funds, by the way, the Ukraine, and not from Obama. One of the conditions was their cooperation with the Department of Justice with the U.S. Attorney from Connecticut, Durham, in their investigation in the Ukrainian involvement or interference in our 2016 election. What the hell is the problem? Because it might expose the Democrats, it might expose Obama and Hillary Clinton and the DNC. That seems to be the problem. There's no issue here. There's no quid pro quo, you idiot, John Carl, ABC News. Not in the legal sense of a quid pro quo. More when I return. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. A series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government, 
and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. This is where liberalism ends and liberty begins. The Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. Here is the story that has been uh, all but uh, killed. First appeared in January 2017 in Politico, Kenneth Vogel and David Stern. This is why the president wants to get to the bottom of what took place in 2016 with Russia and Ukraine. The headline is, Ukraine, Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. This is not a friendly outfit political towards Trump, by the way. Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggested they were investigating the matter, only to back away after the election. It was a setup of Manafort. And they helped Clinton's allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors, a political investigation found. That's the first full paragraph. This is why the President of the United States wants to find out what the hell happened in 2016. This is why Ukraine comes up. And just like Russia, when it was Hillary Clinton and the DNC that paid a former British spy who worked with Russian apparatchiks to put together that phony opposition research, resulting in a special counsel in a wasted two and a half years. They're doing exactly the same thing with Ukraine. When in fact, it was the Democrats and Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration that enlisted the Ukrainian, the corrupt Ukrainian government to go after Trump. These intelligence agencies. Oh, we have a whistleblower, you know, former CIA operative. Well, of course. Of course you do. There's a reason why this so-called impeachment inquiry is being handled by the House Intelligence Committee, not by the Judiciary Committee. There's a reason why this is all being railroaded and done in secret. There's a reason why John Carl of ABC News, when he hears that the President of the United States wants the Ukrainian government to get to the bottom of this, oh, that's a quid pro quo. Because they don't want the administration touching it. There's a reason why Bill Barr came back into the government. Is the Attorney General spearheading this investigation? There's a reason why he picked a bulldog of a U.S. attorney. That's the reputation of Mr. Dorham from Connecticut. There's a massive cover-up going on. And they're moving as quickly as they can to try and impeach the President of the United States using Soviet-style tactics because they want to kill this story, among other things. Now, So the President of the United States, or his staff, wants the Ukrainian government to get to the bottom of this and to work with our government to figure out what happened. 
And all the way, the media characterizes this as the Democrats do, that it's an investigation of the Democrats. You're trying to interfere with our election. Trying to interfere with our election. Isn't that precious? When that's exactly what they did in 2016. And he wants to know what the hell happened. And I want to know what the hell happened. And you want to know what the hell happened. Where the hell is the Senate Intelligence Committee and this clown Richard Burr? Once again, the paragraph in Politico. Ukrainian government officials. This is January 2017. Tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump. This is an emphatic statement. By publicly questioning his fitness for office. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggested they were investigating the matter only to back away after the election. And they helped Clinton's allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors. A political investigation found. So the Ukrainian government interfered in our election. The Democrats aren't upset about that. Hillary Clinton, the DNC, worked with a foreign corrupt government to interfere in our election. No problem. No problem. They go to the Russians through a British spy, an ex-spy. They go to the Ukrainians directly. And Trump's facing impeachment. The victim. The victim is facing impeachment. This is why the president said, or people around him said, number one, before we give money to this regime, we have to make sure it's not corrupt. We don't want to piss away American tax dollars. Number two, where the hell are the Europeans and Germany and so forth? Why aren't they helping Ukraine? What's his typical Trump saying things like that? And number three, are they going to assist the Attorney General and the U.S. Attorney in this investigation going back to 2016? Oh, my God, it's a quid pro quo. Trump's going after the Democrats. This is why it's important to listen to this show. Because what I'm saying here today will be repeated tomorrow. This is why you should view this as the early morning show for tomorrow. This is why it's important to listen to this show. I'm breaking this stuff down so you understand it and I understand it. And now, of course, Adam Schiff. Things have just gone from very bad to much worse. Because Mr. Mulvaney admitted there was a quid pro quo. And we're going to continue with our, with our investigation. And we're going to continue with our secret testimony. And we're going to continue with disgruntled former State Department employees. They're bringing in Obama holdovers. And others, bureaucrats who are very upset with the president's positions on Ukraine, are very upset that the president decided to go around the bureaucracy in his dealings with Ukraine. You're not allowed to do that, apparently. No, 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 not with the precious State Department. Appalling. Absolutely appalling. Mulvaney didn't say anything wrong today. The Republicans shouldn't run from him. 
The president's lawyer shouldn't run from him. He didn't say anything wrong today. And I think it would do well for the Republicans and his lawyers to remind the American people of this January 2017 article. Somebody ought to give it to Mitt Romney, too, who is a a despicable chameleon and self-promoter. All of a sudden, the media love the guy. All of a sudden. More of Mick Mulvaney today. Cut five, go. This speaks to an important point, because I heard this yesterday, and I can never remember the gentleman who testified. Was McKinney the guy? Is that his name? From the, I don't, don't know him. He testified yesterday. Yeah. And if you go, and if you believe the news reports, okay, because we've not seen any transcripts of this. The only transcript I've seen was Sondland's testimony morning, this morning. If you read the news reports and you believe them, what did McKinney say yesterday? Well, McKinney said yesterday that he was really upset with the political influence in foreign policy. That was one of the reasons he was so upset about this. And I have news for everybody. Get over it. There's going to be political influence in foreign policy. I'm talking to Mr. Carl. Uh, That is going to happen. Elections have consequences. And foreign policy is going to change from the Obama administration to the Trump administration. And what you're seeing now, I believe, is a group of mostly career uh, career bureaucrats who are saying, you know what, I don't like President Trump's politics, so I'm going to participate in this witch hunt that they're they're undertaking on the Hill. Elections do have consequences, and they should. And your foreign policy is going to change. Obama did it in one way, we're doing it a different way, and there's no problem with that. And that's what upsets them. And that's what upsets them. Now, Jim Acosta on CNN today. Listen carefully. I'm doing this in this particular order for a reason. Cut seven. Go. Uh, what you heard from Mick Mulvaney, the acting chief of staff, uh, a few moments ago was pretty mind-blowing. What he said to this room full of reporters is that it is legal, it is appropriate for the White House to withhold foreign aid from a country uh, in, unless they investigate the opposing political party. That's in not this- what he said. You're a liar. That they want to get to the bottom of what happened in 2016, which you obviously don't. You're a flat-out, bald face. Liar. The Ukrainian effort to sabotage Trump backfires. That's the Politico story. Kiev officials are scrambling to make amends with the president-elect after quietly working to boost Clinton. They want to know what happened. Go ahead. Mick Mulvaney uh, denied after we uh, tried to follow up with him uh, that holding up uh, or tried to try to deny that that investigating Joe Biden was at the heart of this. But he did acknowledge that. Yes, he didn't deny it. It's a fact. They didn't hold up military aid. There's no evidence whatsoever. Relating to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, none. None. This is propaganda. This is what happens in fascistic and communist regimes. This is what you're hearing. Thanks to Jeff Motherzucker. Go ahead. A part of the deal in order for Ukraine to get this money that was being held up was to investigate what had happened in 2016. This uh, unproven, baseless conspiracy theory. Now, unproven, baseless conspiracy theory. This is the phrase the media use to attack anybody who raises questions about what actually occurred. So he's now accusing Politico and Kenneth Vogel, who's now with the New York Times, and David Stern, 
In their January 11, 2017 piece, when you print it out, it goes on for 13 pages in exquisite detail. He is accusing people who have read that article and know even additional information, who've read John Solomon, who have documents of an unproven, baseless conspiracy theory that came out of Politico and a current New York Times reporter and another reporter. And Jim Acosta has no information whatsoever to justify his smear, his characterization of any of this. He has nothing. Go ahead. Uh, that the Democratic Party uh, was somehow behind this plot to deny Donald Trump from becoming Ukrainian president. government officials, Politico, tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggested they were investigating the matter only to back away after the election. And they helped Clinton's allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors, a Politico investigation found. Tell me, Mr. Acosta and CNN, what did your investigation find? You didn't conduct one. A Ukrainian-American operative, more political, who was consulting for the Democratic National Committee, met with top officials in the Ukrainian embassy in Washington in an effort to expose ties between Trump, top campaign aide Manafort, and Russia, according to people with direct knowledge of the situation. There wasn't any information. This was disinformation, just so you know. The Ukrainian efforts had an impact in the race, helping to force Manafort's resignation and advancing the narrative that Trump's campaign was deeply connected to Ukraine's foe to the East, Russia. But they were far less concerted or centrally directed than Russia's alleged hacking and dissemination of Democratic emails. They were trying to set up Trump. They set up Manafort, the Trump campaign, on behalf of Hillary and the DNC. And a meeting occurred in their embassy in Washington, D.C. And Jim Acosta says this is unproven, baseless conspiracy theory. That the Democrat Party was somehow behind this plot to deny Donald Trump for becoming president in 2016. He's a liar. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. 
And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. The media have no interest in what I've been telling you this evening. None. None. Even though the media broke the story. One little piece of the media, a left-wing site, Politico, had enough integrity to run this story two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. That the Ukrainian corrupt regime was trying to sabotage the Trump campaign. The headline, Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. CNN pretends it was never written, calls it a conspiracy. They deny the facts, to push their narrative. Now, whether Mulvaney walks back from his comments or Lindsey Graham is confused by them or whatever it is, I don't really care. I make up my own mind and I look at this stuff myself. I make up my own mind and I look at this stuff myself. They didn't say investigate the Democrats, although they seem awfully guilty by the way they're reacting, don't they? Get to the bottom of what happened in 2016. Find out what took place. Now here's the irony of all this. The money did go to the Ukrainian government. The military hardware did go to the Ukrainian government. Not under Obama, but under Trump. So nothing was withheld, but it was temporarily withheld. So what? The president wants to know if they're still corrupt, if the money's going to be you know, blown away, which is a perfectly legitimate point. He wants to know why other countries aren't helping. This is typical of Trump. I don't know what was said in there, but if what Mulvaney says was said in there, it's not problematic. What's becoming beyond obvious is that the media and the Democrats don't care about any of the facts. They're trying to create a false record with secret testimony with one-sided testimony the president's lawyers are not present all the protections that were in place during the Nixon impeachment inquiry and the Clinton impeachment inquiry do not exist in this inquiry involving the president of the United States including a vote on the house what's also abundantly clear is the never Trumpers Mitt Romney and the others are out to get this president. And they view this as his Achilles heel. And they're going to do everything they can to sabotage him. And if they have to work with the media and the Democrats, that's exactly what they're going to do. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The United States Senate, I want to revisit this with you because I've been talking about this on the radio. Uh, my guest for this Sunday's Life, Liberty, and Levin is Senator Ron Johnson, Republican, Wisconsin. You might recall Senator Johnson was cut off very rudely and repeatedly by Chuck Todd on Meet the Press about two weeks ago. And so I said, let me, let me reach out to Senator Johnson and bring him on the program and let him say what he was intending to say before he was cut off on NBC. And so I think this will be a very fascinating and important discussion. And he was sitting in on that May meeting when Ukraine came up. So I think you'll find this to be a very, very important life, liberty, and Levin, and a newsmaking life, liberty, and Levin. I hesitate to say these things in advance of the program because then everybody runs to get Senator Johnson, but I don't think that'll happen this time. Prepare for impeachment, McConnell tells GOP senators, the Boston Globe, Washington Compost, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell told Senators Wednesday, yesterday, to be ready for an impeachment trial of President Trump as soon as Thanksgiving as the Senate began to brace for a political maelstrom that would engulf the nation. An air of inevitability has taken hold in Congress with the expectation that Trump will become the third president in history to be impeached and that Republicans need to prepare to defend the president. When McConnell briefed senators on what would happen during a Senate trial, House GOP leaders convened what they expect will be regular impeachment strategy sessions. In their closed-door weekly luncheon, McConnell gave a presentation about the impeachment process and fielded questions, along with his staff and the Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham, who was a manager for the 1998 impeachment of President Clinton. McConnell said the Senate would likely meet six days a week during the trial, lawmakers said. There's sort of a planned expectation that it would be sometime around Thanksgiving, so you'd have basically Thanksgiving to Christmas, which would be wonderful because there's no deadline in the world like the next break to motivate senators, said Senator Kevin Kramer, Republican, North uh, North Dakota. Now, I want to repeat what I've been saying. And what I've been telling a few of my friends in this business. There is no way a trial should take place based on what's taking place in the House of Representatives. An ahistorical impeachment inquiry process that denies the President of the United States any representation, any fairness, any justice whatsoever. Well, Mark, it's not required by the Constitution. That's fine. You know what else is not required by the Constitution? A trial. Go ahead and read it. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the Senate must take up House impeachment charges and the Senate must hold a trial. Now, I am loath to suggest that the Senate shouldn't follow through with a trial with the House working with the Senate. But in this case, 
There has to be an exception to the rule, just as the Democrats in the House are making exceptions to past processes. And this is an important fact. The House Intelligence Committee is leading the charge. Nancy Pelosi declares that they're in a formal impeachment inquiry. No vote by the full House. No involvement of the full body politic. My representatives, your representatives. The American people are cut out of the process with secret interviews. Secret testimony being provided with cherry-picked witnesses. The Republicans are cut out of the process. They can't subpoena or call in witnesses. President of the United States Council can't be present. They can't call witnesses and present testimony. Well, Mark, that's done in the Senate. No, it's done in the House. This is not a grand jury. These are two separate processes. You duke it out in the House, and then you duke it out in the Senate. It's not one or the other. That's been the tradition. And every time a president has faced a formal impeachment inquiry, whether it's Johnson, Nixon, or Clinton, it has been understood what a grave act this is, just triggering the investigation. But we know for two and a half years what the Democrat Party's been trying to do, and finally they seized half of one branch of the government and, they, and they've clawed on to the impeachment clause. They've abused their power in an effort to railroad an elected president of the United States. Now, the United States Senate should not give its imprimatur to that process. Should not bend over backwards to hold a trial. This isn't worthy of a trial. I don't care what the media say. There's no role in the impeachment process or the trial process for the media other than to report. But they are driving the process. They are driving it. So they're partisans. They have no constitutional role in this process. So I want to admonish, nicest word I can think of, Mitch McConnell. And tell them you're handling this in completely the wrong manner. Completely the wrong manner. This is a corrupt Democrat party trying to smear and character assassinate a duly elected president. They've been working on this for almost three years now. And they are abandoning past practices purposely. So this is being driven by one party. Even when you hear about these polls, look at this, 51% support impeaching and removing the president. It's an overwhelming percentage of Democrats and a significant percentage of independents. The Republicans have held fast and have said no and no. The media is the Democrat Party media. That's what it is. They represent the Democrat Party and the Democrat Party represents them. It's a symbiotic relationship. With the leader of the two being the media, actually. So this is where we are in the United States today. This is where we are. So the Senate's just going to hold a trial? So Nancy Pelosi controls the Senate? So Nancy Pelosi drives the agenda of the Senate? In an election year? 
with a general election coming up, with her purpose of destroying the man who will be the nominee of the Republican Party, and Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, is going to just allow his institution to go along with this? Oh, I wish the Republicans in the Senate were as motivated as the radical Democrats in the House. Oh, I wish. So what should happen, Mark? Well, I've explained it, so let me explain it again. What should happen is, and people are starting to write about this as if it's their original thoughts. It's okay. Even people in the press. What should happen is, the Republican majority in the Senate should say, we're not going to hold a trial. We are not going to poison our institution with the poison that Nancy Pelosi has used in the House of Representatives. And we are the only body here that can police what the House of Representatives has done. And we need to send a message now and forever that no party controlling the House of Representatives should ever abuse its authority this way, abuse a president this way, and use the impeachment clause this way. We will not allow such a precedent to be set. Number one. Number two, we will not allow Nancy Pelosi and her gaggle of radicals that run these committees. We will not allow them to run the United States Senate and force us into a trial. Now Mitch McConnell's position would be I can't, I can't change the rules now. The rules are the rules. I can't do that. We've got to hold a trial. We passed the rules in 1986, 1985, bipartisan, bipartisan. We don't have 67 votes to change the rules to accommodate what Mr. Levin has to say. Now, Mitch McConnell knows how to get around that. Harry Reid got around it, called the nuclear option when it came to federal circuit judges. And then Mitch McConnell got around it when it came to Supreme Court justices, nominees. What did they do? Well, the short of it, what they did was they went to the parliamentarian, the floor of the House. Madam Parliamentarian, we are going to change the rules of the Senate so when those Charges come into our body from Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in the House of Representatives. We are going to move to dismiss them by a simple majority vote. There will be an objection, which will be heard by the parliamentarian. And she will rule that the Republicans need 67 votes to change the rules and allow for a dismissal. Chief Justice will be overseeing all this. Chief Justice's role, assuming John Roberts will follow the role of the great William Rehnquist, there's no 100% assurance of that because he's sort of a showboat. The parliamentarian will rule. It takes 67 votes. 
So then what does Mitch McConnell and what do the Republicans do? They vote to override the parliamentarian. That takes a simple majority. That's the nuclear option. So if all senators are present, 51 votes of the Republicans can overrule the parliamentarian, change the rule by 51 votes, by overruling the parliamentarian. Are you following this pretty clear, Mr. Producer? And then they move to dismiss the charges that have been brought against the President of the United States. By all indications, Mr. McConnell does not have the courage of our convictions. By all indications, whereas Nancy Pelosi plays loose and fast with the rules and the Constitution, Mitch McConnell can actually use the rules to stop Nancy Pelosi and the radical Democrats in the House and stop what could be a horrific precedent for future Congresses and Presidents. So Mitch McConnell needs to be pressured. Mitch McConnell's up for re-election. And he needs to do the right thing. And I want to encourage every backbencher on radio, and I want to encourage everybody on TV, you don't need to give me attribution, I don't expect it, to repeat exactly what I'm saying. I won't condemn you. This is a mission for the country. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. You know, there's a reason why in our courts, whether they're federal, state, local courts, there's a reason why you can file motions to dismiss, motions for summary judgment, all kinds of motions. Frivolous lawsuits, prima facie, bad faith kinds of filings, or something right on their surface misstatement of facts, misstatement of laws, processes, and so forth. There's a reason why in our criminal justice system, in our civil justice system, 
there's a way to adjudicate these quickly and get them out of the courtroom. You don't have to have a full trial. You're not required to go through all the processes of a trial. Because up front, the case doesn't hold water. And you can tell up front. If you had a case, criminal case, that came to court and it was obvious that he, that the Miranda rule was violated, say they have it on videotape. Let's say a confession is beaten out of somebody. It's a videotape. That's a pretty good case for the defense. What I'm trying to say to you is this. There is no obstruction. There's no, nothing preventing Mitch McConnell from using the parliamentary rules and his ability to use those parliamentary rules to protect the Constitution. Yes, to protect the impeachment clause from a rogue mob of radical Democrats who managed to take over the House of Representatives by a mere 37 votes 37 members, and right out of the box have sought to destroy this presidency. And Nancy Pelosi knows it. That's why she won't have a vote on the floor of the House. We all know it. That's why the testimony is taken in secret. That's why all the, all the fair processes that are in place in the past have been eliminated in this manner. We all know this. Surely the Republican majority in the Senate knows this. So I'm going to tell you right now, if they go to having a full trial, I don't care if it lasts three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is. I and you should be absolutely furious. Absolutely furious. And they have got to show some courage. And if Mitt Romney... Wants to be Benedict Arnold, it's up to Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney has been conspiring with never Trumpers and donors and others to try and take out this president. He's a disgrace. He didn't have any problem being interviewed for Secretary of State, but he's very angry he didn't get Secretary of State. If Trump is so bad and his administration is so bad, we'll make that decision in the election. Everything about this stinks to high heaven. Everything. Everything about it. And we have every right to expect the Republican majority in the Senate to protect the Constitution, to protect the impeachment process, and to protect the duly elected President of the United States. And Mr. McConnell, if you don't, as far as I'm concerned, you can lose your election. I don't give a crap. I really don't. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. 
Now, this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. All right. Forget, well, don't forget Russian hackers. In fact, you need to think about Russian hackers. You need to think about hackers altogether. Cyber thieves are stealing American homes. Now, Guess where your home's legal title and mortgage documents are kept? Online, wide open, for the whole world to see. Your signature and everything thieves need to take over ownership of your home is easily available online. Thieves forge your name off the title, then they refile the deed so it appears that you sold it. Then they go to unscrupulous lenders and they borrow the money using your home's equity. Then they disappear. You're wiped out even before you know it. And then you're stuck with the payments. Well, you might say banks and insurance companies and identity theft programs, they'll protect you. No, they won't. They don't protect you. Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a virtual firewall around your home's title and mortgage. And they monitor the black market to see if your home is for sale. Your home's equity is your retirement, your your emergency fund. It's probably your biggest asset. Let me help protect it with 60 risk-free days of Home Title Lock. 60 risk-free days. Just go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, enter your address to see if you're already a victim, and also to get the 60 risk-free days. Defend yourself at HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, let's see who we have here. Uh, let's see. John, Detroit, Michigan, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I'm you got a, it. Long time, a long-time listener, first time that I've called you, though. All right. Uh, I, I have two quick points. I'd like to make them and let you uh, tell me uh, Go ahead. If, I, uh, if I'm off. First of all, uh, I don't think there'll be the votes for the nuclear option in the Senate. Uh, there's more than just one um, one or two uh, Republicans that would that would go the other way, and I think all the Democrats are going to go lockstep with uh, what Schumer you, said. You, uh, you might be right, but, you know, this is a republic, a representative republic, and we need to know where our senators stand. And if they're going to vote with the Democrats to go through with the Pelosi impeachment, particularly since one-third of them are up for re-election or these slots are open, then we need to know that and we need to know it. We can't just say, well, we don't have the votes but for. You go through the process and you take the vote. Mark, uh, I, the second point is, is this. I think we'll, 
I think we'll know where they stand if there is a trial. And, and I think, you know, the, you've heard the saying, uh, cross-examination is the engine of truth. And, and when we get to cross-examination... What, 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 what I'm trying to tell you, sir, is what took place in the House of Representatives is an abomination. What's taking place now? And I'm concerned more about the Constitution than a trial with cross-examination. What I'm trying to explain to you and to the nation is that in order to prevent this from happening again, and in this instance, you don't just go through a trial and have cross-examination and you're working on their turf and their witnesses and so forth and so on. That's why you have cases dismissed in a civilian court. And that's why here, I believe, the Senate would be making a terrible, terrible mistake if it took up what Pelosi has done and treats it as a legitimate trial. So I I understand cross-examination. I've been involved in litigation for a long, long time. I understand the whole process. And understanding that whole process is why I find what they're doing in the House to be so repulsive. But even a bigger issue to me is the Constitution rather than whether or not in the Senate trial we're cross-examining witnesses. All right, sir, thank you for your call. Sid, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Go. I really appreciate your analysis, and more important, I appreciate your explanation. Uh, quick question. What exactly is the responsibilities and authorities of the Chief Justice in presiding over a trial? Can he rule at Can he throw out uh, his or should be responsible to preserve the Constitution? Can he do that in that manner? First of all, this is a great question. The Constitution is silent on this. So what John Roberts ought to do is look at what the prior Chief Justice, William Rehnquist, did, and then look down the road as we've had trials in the past, although not many. And the role of the Chief Justice is very, very ministerial, almost administrative. They try not to get into making substantive decisions. So they're not like a judge in a court. They're more like a referee, if you will. And that, that at least has been the practice in the past. So their, their role is almost um, mechanical. You see my point? Yes, yes. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right, Sid. Thank you, too. Appreciate it. Some very good questions by our callers, or points, too. Derek, Delray, Florida, XM Satellite, go. Mr. Levin, it's such an honor. I'm a first-time caller, and I'm... Truly excited to be on your call. Um, with all this talk about quit pro quo, I had an epiphany today, and it's simply that Trump has been threatening China, the EU, uh, all con- Japan, all these countries with, if you don't do this, I'm going to put tariffs on. If you don't, I'm going to put tariffs on. If you don't do this, I'm going to sanction you. Why the hell aren't the Democrats calling that quit pro quo? Where did they come up with quid pro quo, which 90% of America doesn't even know what the hell it means, just <laughs> over some dumbass phone call? I truly believe this whole impeachment thing is simply to put the word impeach, impeach, impeach out there so the dumb masses, i.e. dumbasses, just hear Trump's getting impeached, and that's all they know, and that way they can... I, 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 I think you make a very interesting point. Um, a lot of what a president does, a lot of what members of Congress do, is you do X or I do what. Look at the tax code. Look at the tax code. You either do this or you pay a penalty. You either do this, you get a deduction. 
You do this, you get a credit. But whatever, anything could be said to be a quid pro quo. So it has to be an illegal quid pro quo. And there is no illegal quid pro quo. They're using a new word out there, the Democrats. They just figured out a new word. You know what it is? Extortion. And all day long, they've been saying the president appears to have been involved in extorting the Ukrainians. Extortion, extortion, extortion. And they'll repeat it. The media will repeat it. This is what happens in, in uh, fascistic uh, uh, mindsets. And that's what those, oh, extor- oh, it's extortion. Oh, I see. Now we have a crime. Quid pro quo. That's a little too complicated. We have extortion. And so that's where we are today. All right, Derek, thank you for your call. Yes, they want to brand him with impeachment when he's running for re-election in the general election. And they want to talk about the impeached president. That's what they want to do. This is all political. It's all power politics. It's all an abuse of our tax dollars in the process. That's exactly what it is. I've been saying this from day one. That's exactly what it is. You don't even hear about the whistleblower anymore, do you? The so-called whistleblower? What happened to that guy? Or gal? Or transitioner? Or whatever? Kay, Fayetteville, Georgia, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Mark. I really appreciate all that you do, the passion that you give everything and the time you give everything. And um, I find myself agreeing with you so much, almost on everything, I think. Thank you. But there's one thing that I'm a little confused on, Mm -hmm. and you know how the politicians like to parse words, like the meaning of is. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to thinking logically, and and uh, the, the the framers probably never envisioned one party doing what Nancy Pelosi is doing. They probably never thought that anybody ever would. And I don't see when you say when you the rules, you know, of the Congress and the House. To me, that means all of them, both of them. And well, the well, the, frame, the framers actually did. They were concerned about a runaway house uh, because they know they're elected every two years. They know they can turn into a faction, into a mob, and they know they gave them a majority vote to impeach a president. And the check they put in place was the Senate because back then the Senate was either appointed by the state legislature, the senators, or elected uh, if, in fact, the, uh, the state legislatures approved of that process. But most of them were selected by the state legislatures, and uh, that was the intent. And then they, they imposed a supermajority, two-thirds vote, to convict and remove. So the Senate was to be the check. And this is why I continue to say, and I'll keep saying, that Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are the only check on the House. They need to police what the House is doing. It's not enough to have a trial and then come shy of the two-thirds vote. They must repudiate what's taking place in the House of Representatives. They must repudiate it. And they need to change their rules, then change their rules. And they have a mechanism to do it. They may not like it, but they have a mechanism to do it. Extraordinary times, well, sometimes you've got to do extraordinary things. There's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing immoral or unethical about it. They need to use the nuclear option and dismiss whatever charges, whatever cockamamie, Uh, charges the the Democrats in the House come up with. This is all being driven by their party and the media. We have never seen anything like this before. Not in the Johnson case, 
not in the Nixon case, not in the Clinton case. There was strong bipartisan support for these investigations. There is no bipartisan support, none, for this investigation because this is a setup. This is all contrived. That's why now today the word is extortion. Before the phrase was quid pro quo. So they keep changing the terms, keep changing the standards, and that's tyranny. This tyranny, this is tyrannical. That's what's going on. Thank you for your call, Kay. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you will download my podcast and you can listen to it anytime. But first, you got to download it. You ready? Go to my home website page, marklevinshow.com. It's very simple, three steps. marklevinshow.com. Click on the audio rewind button. That's the link at the middle of the top of the home page. And then you'll be at the podcast page. And then you can pick whatever podcast platform you want. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever it is. I want to strongly encourage you to do this. Particularly with the holidays coming up. So you can listen to the program. If you're in your car, you're traveling. You want to share one of my shows or one of my live shows with family and friends. That's MarkLevinShow.com. Then you'll get to the home page. You click on the audio rewind middle of the top of the home page. That'll take you to the podcast page. And then you pick the podcast that you like and you download it. That's three clicks. That's all it is. It's that simple. And I hope you'll join us. We get uh, over three million listeners a month. That's in addition to our AM and FM radio audience, which far exceeds eight and a half million. That's in addition to our satellite audience. I would, I would guess, if I had to guess, we have 15 million, 17 million listeners in any given week, something like that. So I hope you'll join us on the podcast. Just download it. You can listen to it anytime you want, or not. Or not. You know, I've been telling you about Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats' plan to socialize medicine and how they would impose government cost controls at the expense of high-quality health care. To put it another way, 
Pelosi's bill may prevent you and your family from having access to the latest and most effective drug therapies available on the face of the earth. In fact, according to the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, which scores proposed legislation like the Pelosi plan, new breakthrough medicines may never be discovered at all. And they project that the Pelosi plan would reduce research and development investments towards new treatments and cures. But we're not surprised here, are we? Because when you impose drug price controls and punish private innovators with massive 95% tax penalties, you eliminate the financial ability to invest in critically needed research and development. And with it, the incentives to discover new treatments for cancer and new cures for crushing diseases like Alzheimer's. If Nancy Pelosi told you to work at a government-dictated salary far lower than even your cost of living and then pay 95% of it in new taxes... Would you run out and buy a new car? No, you wouldn't. Well, pharmaceutical companies aren't going to run out and look for new medicines either. They won't make the investments. They won't be capable of making the investments. They'll be trying to survive. Get the facts, folks. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com. Truehealthcarefacts.com. That's truehealthcarefacts.com. Tim. Yorktown, Virginia, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Listen, instead of asking the Senate Republicans to stick their necks out on on your great idea for the nuclear option, what would you think about Trump's people during the trial uh, providing a motion to dismiss to the Chief Justice, letting the Chief Justice decide if he decides against Trump, then the Senate engages in a little bit of jury nullification? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've gone too fast. There's no jury nullification. And uh, a motion to dismiss, it would be a motion that has to be taken up by the full Senate. The Senate sets the rules. The Senate has all the power. The Chief Justice's role is mostly ministerial. So while it's clever, it won't work. And as to your point about the president's lawyers making the motion to dismiss, I think they in fact could do that. I think they in fact could do that. Uh, And in fact, I think that the Clinton lawyers on one or more charges, did exactly that. They lost. Uh, But I think uh, Trump lawyers can do that, and it's still going to require McConnell to kick in and to change the rules. still going to require that, because you would need 67 votes or so to entertain a motion to dismiss without the trial. So uh, you're still going to have to do the nuclear option at one point or another. All right, Tim, thank you, my friend. Kenny! New Orleans, Louisiana, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark, uh, illegitimate non-carborundum, my friend. Uh, I have no idea what that means. That means don't let the the the, the, the bees wear you down. That's All the right. B word. Okay. Yes, anyway, uh, Mark, my question That's is... That's not Cajun, right? That's Latin? What is it? <laughs> right. Uh, the five remaining... Maybe, maybe it's early gibberish. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> the five remaining senators are all Democrats, and they would be in the quote-unquote jury pool out of the 100 senators. And mm-hmm. what I'm saying is if they can't recuse themselves, which I wanted to get your read on that, if they don't recuse themselves, they're going to have to stay for the trial and miss campaign t- uh, fundraising. All right, let me slide on. Nobody's going to recuse themselves because they're all political, and they all have their various biases, so it's not like a jury pool. Right. As for keeping them busy, I'm not in favor of an impeachment trial 
based on what Nancy Pelosi has done in order to keep a few knuckleheads busy for a month. That's, uh, that just, to me, it's, it's, it's far outweighed by what's being done to our constitutional system and to this president. Okay. They ought to shut this damn thing down. Well, I agree with that. Hey, Mark, that thing you read last night on Henry Hyde, that resolution, is that on your website? It's not on my website. Uh, maybe I'll put it up on my social sites uh, either tonight or tomorrow. All right. Appreciate your call and a good idea. We'll be right back. Broadcasting them from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I have to admit, there's a hell of a piece in The Atlantic, which is a left-wing site. And it's written by Ronald Brownstein, who's a liberal. I don't know if he still works for the L.A. Times, but there he is writing for The Atlantic. And they're taking a look at Elizabeth Warren's Medicare for All. And related to that, those of you who've read my book, Unfreedom of the Press, or not, you've listened to this program, I've talked to you many times about this associate professor, Jay Rosen, associate professor of journalism, who's teaching, basically, in my view, journalistic propaganda. That is social activism. They call it public press, if you will, or community press. And uh, he writes on his Twitter, he tweets, the make Elizabeth Warren say she would raise taxes on the middle class question should be a credibility killer. For the journalists who keep asking. So you see, in other words, Jay Rosen is a hardcore leftist. And you journalists out there should stop asking Elizabeth Warren about the cost of her Medicare for all. Because otherwise, you know, she might not get elected and Trump might get reelected. He's one of the leaders of this movement. One of these so-called intellectuals, I know that sounds pretty funny, of this movement. He's a New York University professor. Public or civic journalism, that's what they call it. It's a purpose-driven, community-based, social activism journalism movement. And it's spreading throughout America's newsrooms, as you can tell. Now, according to Brownstein, he takes a look at the Urban League excuse me, Urban Institute study, which is a left-of-center think tank, he writes, highly respected among Democrats. And they're projecting that a plan similar to what Warren and Bernie Sanders are pushing would require $34 trillion in additional federal spending over the first decade. $34 trillion. And he says that's more than the federal government's total cost over the coming decade for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid combined, according to the Congressional Budget Office. Only during the height of World War II has the federal government tried to increase taxes as they share the economy as fast as would be required to offset 
the cost of a government-run single-payer plan like this. That's why she won't tell you how much it costs, and that's why she won't tell you who's going to pay for it. It's going to break the country. Break the country. And $34 trillion, that's the forecast. The CBO says how much money, that's about the same how much money the federal government will spend over that period, not only on all entitlement programs, but also on all federal income support, such as supplemental nutritional assistance programs. The Urban Institute estimates that a single-payer plan like this would require $32 trillion in new tax revenue over the coming decade. That's slightly less revenue than it's projected to cost because it would generate some offsetting savings, but not a lot. How big a lift is it to raise $32 trillion? It's almost 50% more than the total revenue the CBO projects Washington will collect from personal income taxes over the next decade. It's more than double the amount the CBO projects Washington will collect over the next decade from the payroll taxes that fund Social Security and part of Medicare. A $32 trillion tax increase would represent just over two-thirds of the revenue the CBO projects the federal government will collect from all sources over the next decade. That's $46 trillion, $32 trillion of which would go to Medicare for all. And by the way, these estimates are always low the first 10 years. It'll be more than that. Taxes that can fill that big hole are not easy to identify. In other words... As I read through this, they can't figure out how this is going to be paid for, even in part. They can't figure it out. Because it can't be paid for. Yesterday I told you she's a liar. I told you Buttigieg is a liar. I told you they're all liars. None of these plans can work. Matter of fact, they need to reform Medicare now in order to save it. Because Medicare is on its last legs. They want illegal aliens to participate in Medicare and Social Security. They want illegal aliens to participate in Medicare for all. When Medicare is going broke. Absolutely unbelievable what these people are proposing. And this would be on top of a wealth tax, on top of a top marginal tax rate of 70 to 90 percent, on top of a Green New Deal which would destroy our capitalist system. On top of open borders, getting rid of ICE and detention centers. Think about it. On on top of packing the Supreme Court by adding seats to the Supreme Court. On top of confiscating weapons. Nullifying the Second Amendment. On top of a universal income for everybody born in the United States. On top of free college. On top of wiping out all college debt, collectively, this is what the Democrat Party stands for. Economic destruction. Police state. The destruction of individual liberty. And meanwhile, they want to take out Trump. And these people who ask the questions, these reporters, you know, there's nothing said that we have to have debates where we have Reporters asking questions. I've talked about this many times. Many times. We're not getting smart questions from smart people. 
We're getting predictably dumb questions from dumb people. We're also getting opinions from a Don Lemon or an Anderson Cooper or whomever with question marks put behind them where they're pushing their agendas. We're getting conclusions. Now, we know, uh, you know, Vice President Biden that Donald Trump has made unsubstantiated allegations against you without any evidence whatsoever about, uh, you know, Burisma and your son and the millions that he received and so forth. But isn't it a bad look? We're getting nothing out of these debates. Nothing serious. And I just laid out for you about half of the proposals coming from the Democrats. And this, of course, is not something they can win on if they run on it. The president is lucky in one respect, and only one, because look what's being done to him. Look what's being done to him. This has to be the weakest collection of candidates that I've ever seen in my lifetime. They're as bad as they get. As bad as they get, as weak as they get. As freaky as they get. They just are. Elizabeth Warren's being pushed by the Washington Compost. Elizabeth Warren's being pushed by the New York Slimes. Elizabeth Warren's being pushed by the Constipated News Network. Elizabeth Warren's being pushed by MSLSD. These are supposed to be news organizations. But they're not, are they? And so Jay Rosen, Professor Jay Rosen, I read your book, actually more than one. What are journalists for, question mark? Very ugly book, by the way, Professor. Very, very ugly. I read your book. I've read your articles. I know exactly who you are, you see. And this is called public or civic journalism. Purpose-driven, community-based, social activism, journalism movement spreading throughout America's newsrooms for the last several decades. This guy is a harsh critic of the president. He likes Elizabeth Warren. That's why he's telling journalists, lay off her. Stop asking her about the cost. You're killing your own credibility. That's what he's saying, because you're supposed to be advancing a social agenda, a left-wing social agenda. And he wrote in the Washington Post not long ago about President Trump, imagine a candidate who wants to increase public confusion about where he stands on things so that voters give up on trying to stay informed and instead vote with raw emotion. Gee, I can think of all the Democrats. Under those conditions, does asking where do you stand, sir, serve the goals of journalism? Or does it enlist the interviewer in the candidate's chaotic plan? I know what you're thinking, journalists. What do you want us to do? Stop covering a major party candidate for president? That would be irresponsible. True, but this reaction short-circuits intelligent debate. Beneath every common practice in election coverage, there are premises about how candidates will behave. I want you to ask, do these still apply? Trump isn't behaving like a normal candidate. He's acting like an unbound one. In response, journalists have to become less predictable themselves. They have to come up with novel responses. They have to do things they've never done. They may even have to shock us. They may need to collaborate across news brands in ways they never have known. They may have to call Trump out with a forcefulness unseen before. They may have to risk the breakdown of decorum in interviews and endure excruciating awkwardness. Hardest of all, they will have to explain to the public that Trump is a special case and the normal rules do not apply. So this is the godfather of this movement. And you can tell most of the journalists are following it. Jim Acosta, and he's certainly not alone. 
He's certainly not alone. It is an ideologically driven form of phony journalism. And you can see it with Project Veritas and what they've done there with CNN and Zucker. It's all so clear, isn't it? I'm on to you, Jay Rosen. You jerk. You jerk. You've poisoned this profession as far as I'm concerned. Just one man's opinion. You know, public journalism and all that. I'll be right back. Well, there is a ceasefire of sorts for 120 hours. By my calculation, that's five days. Involving Turkey and Syria and the Kurds. Now, I don't know all the terms, to be perfectly honest with you. It was breaking when I came on the air. Um, I think it's good that there's a ceasefire, don't get me wrong, but I don't know what concessions there are or any of the rest in terms of... uh, in terms of the Turks. But I will tell you this, the Turks, that is the Turkish government, Erdogan has demonstrated that he is not an ally. That he is not an ally. And um, I believe the president feels this is, uh, this is a very, very important uh, ceasefire and compromise. And I have faith that that's what he thinks and that's what he says. And then I hope that's exactly right. Jeff Zucker, 9 a.m. phone call, Project Veritas, and uh, they have new information out tonight. Let's go with cut 12. Let's start at the top. A CNN producer and then Jeff Zucker. Go. This is, this is Zucker. I don't think we should move on so quickly from that story. And by the way, Trump has denied this. Go ahead. Unbelievable. First of all, don't you think they should determine whether it's accurate? Don't you think they should ask the president? The president has said it's not accurate. That's pretty remarkable. But he gives them the storyline. You need to say 
You're out of your mind. You need to say he's out of his mind. Even though he knows there's 7,000 impeachment stories and he's the one that says we should just stay on impeachment. I mean, these are, these are incredible statements. Absolutely incredible statements. Now, the field production supervisor at CNN, uh, he's on the video, too, in this next uh, snippet. Cut 13, go. This is a story that's not going to go away. Oh, the Ukraine thing? Or just Trump in general? Trump in general. The only way this will go away is when he dies. Hopefully soon. It'll go away when Trump dies, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon, he says. Now, here is a manager of field operations at CNN, Patrick Davis. Cut 14, go. I'm not, I'm not super thrilled with what we do yeah, on our air anymore. 95. 95. I've been here for a little while. So, I hate seeing what we were and what we could be and what we've become. It's just awful. We could be so much better than what we are. So here's a guy who's been with this company 24 years. And he's repulsed by what CNN has become. Talks about past presidents who are kind of hands-off, but not Zucker. He's involved every day, quote, has a plan, whatever. And he says, I just don't agree with it. His plan every day is to attack Trump, to push impeachment, to hang on to any absurd story, almost no matter the source. Stormy Daniels, Michael Avenatti, anyone who's disgruntled anything. Just keep pounding Trump. Is that freedom of the press, ladies and gentlemen? Is that freedom of the press? No, it's not. More on Patrick Davis, this poor guy. Cut 15, go. I, I haven't listened to none of calling about 15 years. Okay. Maybe stop. Well, I mean, you're obviously know what you're doing at this point, too, I, so... I can't listen to it. It's all bull. It's all bull. It's all just like a And I wish that wasn't the case. You know what I mean? Davis believes the problem with CNN is their lack of transparency when it comes to their political leanings. He says while they portray themselves as middle of the road, it couldn't be further from the truth. What they do is take an anchor and put them at the desk and tell the news. They're so busy trying to... Trying to... All right, you get the point. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. So Nancy Pelosi and her Politburo of committee chairman claim to be undertaking a formal impeachment inquiry. Now, we all know this is just another sleazy tactic to try and besmirch, character assassinate a duly elected president. It's just the latest effort. It's a lousy, rotten effort, too, when you try and smear somebody like this. 
They're using our tax dollars. They're using the House of Representatives to fund their opposition research for the 2020 election. Of course, the Democrat Party press have been lavishly supporting this clown show. In fact, they've been leading it. People like Jeffrey Motherzucker. Well, they refuse to cover the real news. News like Biden's son's shady dealings with Ukraine and Red China, which they say is the thing of conspiracy nuts. Or reveal who this so-called whistleblower is, who they're protecting. Well, Levin TV, we don't play games like this. We not only talk about actual news, we unravel it. And we talk about what really matters. I break it down, provide context, we look at history, philosophy, so much more. We don't have sponsors or commercials, nor Big Brother looking over my shoulder telling me what to do, how to cover. No Jeff Motherzucker here. We're completely beholden to you, the subscribers, and you alone. I want to encourage you to give us a try. Just give us a try. You've heard me talk about it now for four years or more. Go to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com to sign up, enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll get $10 off your annual subscription. Or you can give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. It's so easy to set up, and our folks will walk you through it. It'll take literally a couple of minutes. That's levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com, promo code LEVIN. For $10 off your annual subscription, or give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Now's the time to do it. Ken Cuccinelli, Washington Examiner, the great Paul Bedard, President Trump's top immigration spokesman, said that there are potentially 22 million illegal immigrants inside the U.S., nearly twice the estimate regularly cited. But they've been saying 11 million for 20 years. So you knew that couldn't be the case. Cuccinelli, the acting director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, which handles the legal immigration process, said the number comes from a study done by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and it put the number 22.1 million. That's crazy. The number typically cited is 11 to 13 million illegal immigrants in the country. The latest estimate from the Federation for American Immigration Reform or FAIR is 14 million. Of course, an accurate count is difficult to calculate, they point out, but the MIT study put the illegal immigration population, as I said, at 22.1 million. And I expect that that's correct. I expect that's correct. Said a deal could be made to let some or all stay, but if not, they are in the same pool. If MIT is correct, with the 22 million people he's talking about, DACA, the 800,000 or so student-age illegal immigrants. Man, oh, Manischewitz, it's a lot of illegal aliens in our country, particularly when you consider the systemic racism and bigotry that inflicts our country, according to the left, according to Democrats running for office, and according to a lot of uh, professional athletes. Just amazing how many illegal aliens are in this country, over 22 million, and most of them are from cultures and countries where the people are people of color. I believe the phraseology goes. Randy, Idaho Falls, Idaho, XM Satellite, go. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mark. Hey, uh, like your comments on the Constitution, and uh, 
I actually was leading into the media and, and how they relate to the media on the left, let's say, because in my mind, I think they're a threat to the Constitution just as much as the, the, the corrupt politicians on the left. And um, yep. I, get so, I get so tired of reading these stories in, in the Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, these articles that literally mirror exactly what we constitutionalists say. We say, hey, we've got a constitutional crisis. We've got a real issue. The rule of law is not being followed. The Constitution is not being followed. And they say the exact same thing of President mm-hmm. Trump and mm-hmm. us who support him. And it's, it's absolutely wrong, and it's so sad to think that there's this whole trove of useful idiots that believe that. Mm-hmm. And, and there's got to be some accountability somewhere for these media outlets, for what they have done to this Well, country. it ought to be the companies that own these newsrooms, but they're just as bad. Thank you for your call, my friend, and make sure you listen to this. This is a montage put together by Newsbusters, and you're going to hear so-called journalists and Democrats use identical talking points on impeachment. It's only about a minute and a half. Cut one, go. The actions of the Trump presidency revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office. The president has been exposed, violating his oath of office. The president of the United States has betrayed his oath of office. Violations of his oath to the Constitution. Unprecedented breach of the oath of office. Betrayals of his oath of office. The president has admitted enough. We have got enough information at this point. He has already confirmed what he's done in broad daylight. We've basically got a confession. He's already confessed to this crime. The president has already admitted. The president admits he did it. The White House and the State Department continue to orchestrate this massive cover-up. We are watching a cover-up by the president of the United States. They've been in the business of trying to cover up. Implicated in a cover-up. There's a cover-up. The cover-up, the attempted cover-up. To interfere with the Congress's ability to call before it relevant witnesses will be considered as evidence of obstruction. Trump's strategy, it's pretty clear. Obstruct, deflect, confuse. Obstructing justice, refusing to comply with the congressional inquiry. It is obstruction of justice. It's bribery. A lot of the committees have documented obstruction of justice. All of this obstruction from the White House and from the president specifically. He's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency. The heart of the abuse of power. This gross abuse of power. You could say it was an abuse of power. Uh, there has been an abuse, abuse of, of power. power. Abuse of power. And that is an obviously impeachable abuse of power. Hmm. They sound the same because they are the same. That's why. John. Lake Ozark, Missouri, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Glad to be on with you. Uh, Talking about the Kurds, in 1959, my father was the uh, Army Army attache in Baghdad. And I was 14 years old at that time. And our driver was a Kurd. And we were down at a movie theater in Baghdad the night that they attempted to kill uh, General Qasim, who was the leader of the country at that time. That was an assassination attempt led by the Ba'athist Party, including uh, Saddam Hussein. I was in the theater with all these army people around me, and they asked my driver, who is this guy? And he said, well, he's an Armenian. That's why he's uh, fair-complexioned, and he looks like he's... And that's basically, uh, if I hadn't, if he hadn't said that, they would have taken me out and dragged me through the streets. And, you know, 
the Kurds were well known for coming in and helping us with our intelligence on what was going on in Iraq at that time. This was and this was what sixty years ago, and and they you know it, it just really bothers me that we 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 can't you know support these people who have been allies of ours for so many years. Well, you know my position, John. I stated it often, and I stated it early. And apparently my position is a minority position in conservative circles and in media circles, but I will stick by it. And I can live with myself knowing that, among others, uh, I spoke out in defense of these people and that these people deserve to be protected. And you see what happened. The Turks came in and just started slaughtering them left and right, including atrocities. Um, look, every every group of people has their uh, has their evil people, but this is a very good people. These are people who've stuck with us through thick and thin, through some of the worst fighting in the last decade. And, uh, you know, I've said it over and over and over again. I feel terrible what has taken place. Uh, I hope this, uh, whatever this deal is, I hope it's a good deal for them. I don't give a damn about Aragon. Uh, he is a killer. He is, a, he is an Islamist. Uh, I know we have a deal with him like we had a deal with Stalin. But that doesn't mean you turn people over to these to these uh, people in uh, in effect, and then uh, they fend for themselves. You know, I keep hearing uh, people say things like, "We just fight these endless wars." You know, what's amazing to me as I think about that, John. The Revolutionary War went on for eight and a half years. Are you aware of that? Yes. Eight and a half years. That's a long time. And it wasn't, you know, a battle here and a battle there. The entire country was consumed by that war. And if they had had the same attitude, we wouldn't be a free people. We wouldn't be an independent people. After a couple of years, they'd say, okay, that's enough already. The Civil War, four and a half years. But that was a brutal, brutal war. And uh, Lincoln could have sued for peace. It was a war of attrition. But slavery and the Union were just too important to give up on. That is, to, uh, to ignore. That is, to destroy slavery and, and bring back the Union. All right, the President of the United States is speaking in Dallas. We don't have a lot of time left in the show. I think we'll take our break now, Mr. Producer, and then we'll come back and pick up where the President is speaking. Go ahead. Mark Lovin. I talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum and its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked many times about Hillsdale's great president, Dr. Larry Arn, one of the finest people I know. He explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, and I quote, Learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it's fragile and constantly under threat. So its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God, because he is the first authority, unquote. 
If you ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Here's the president live in Dallas, Texas. Turn to reckless wars, open borders, rampant crime, and totally disastrous one-way trade deals. We're changing that one around very quickly. They believe America is the world's piggy bank and that your tax dollars should subsidize the economy, military, and defense of every other nation in the world but our own. It's not happening anymore. Our political opposition made its fortune selling out our nation and its citizens, and you know that's what's been happening, and that's why 2016 was so important, and that's why 2020 I can never say it's more important, but you know, it's like the roots of a tree. You plant a baby tree, it's got to catch. Get that extra time, we'll have more tax cuts. We'll have even, I'll tell you what, we have rebuilt our military. What we've done has never been done before. The do-nothing Democrats, have betrayed our country, and that great betrayal is over. We are finally again, and we've been doing it now for almost three years. Can you believe we've been doing this for three years? Can you believe it? I've been a politician for three years. I can't believe that. I never thought I'd be called the politician. I don't like it, but it is what it is. But we're finally again putting America first. The radical Democrats want to destroy America as we know it. They want to indoctrinate our children and teach them that America is a sinful, wicked nation. You see that happening all the time. And I know it from personal experience. What they want to teach your kids, not good. They come home, mommy, daddy, this is what I learned. And you're going, oh, no, don't tell me. Let's get them into another school fast. They want to disarm law-abiding citizens. They want to take your guns away. And they want to install far-left judges to shred our Constitution. It's not happening. They want to tear down symbols of faith and drive Christians and religious believers from the public square They want to silence your voices on social media, and they want the government to censor, muzzle, and shut down conservative voices. You know that. If they didn't hate our country, they wouldn't be doing this to our country. They wouldn't be doing it because they know better. They know better. As an example, we're building a great wall along the southern border. And it's going up rapidly, going up.
And you know, five years ago, almost every one of them wanted a wall. Until I came along and I said, we're going to build a great wall because they could never get it done. And then they stopped the funding. They made it almost impossible. Few people would have been able to do what we did. But we got it from here and we got it from there and we got it from all over the place. And we're building that sucker right now. And it's having a tremendous effect already. Not easy. Highest level. Everything we said it would be, it's moving rapidly. Although the fake news back there, they don't want to talk about it. President they Trump live in Dallas. Look at all those cameras, you believe it? Look at all those red lights. Don't worry, I won't say anything bad about your network. Because a lot of times I get ready to do a number of these phony networks and you know, you see those red lights go off, 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 off. They don't want their viewers to see it, but that's okay. I'm not going to say it tonight. I'm going to say your legitimate media. I don't actually mean that. But you look at that. But look at all those cameras. You know, that's like the Academy Awards used to be before it failed. You know why it failed? You know why it failed? Because they came after us. That's why it failed. <laughs> it failed because they had stupid people saying horrible things about us. Stupid. Stupid people. They are stupid people. And their ratings have dropped like All right, a folks. You can pick up the president on TV right now on the Fox News channel. I want to thank you all. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, or stick with your affiliate too. And I will see you tomorrow. God bless and be well. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.